Hi guys, this is Cliff Knight from Equippers International. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to lift up Jesus and provide a place where you can be taught the truth and encouraged in your relationship with Him. If you find this podcast helpful, feel free to share it with others. We believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement and that you'll be strengthened in your relationship with Jesus. Hello, welcome to the Equippers International podcast. We're glad that you've joined in for the episode. We are busy studying the book of Romans together. We're in chapter 1. I'm going to read from verses 11 through 15 in today's episode. For I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you, that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that often I have planned to come to you and have been prevented so far so that I might obtain some fruit among you, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome." We're in the middle of this little passage in the first part of chapter 1 where Paul is sharing his personal heart with the believers in Rome. I mentioned in the previous episode that there are times in Paul's letters where you get a little window into his soul. And we're kind of in the middle of one of those passages. It's just Paul sharing his heart, his intention, his desire in regards to the believers in Rome, remembering it's a church he's never been to before. He says that he longs to see them so that he first might impart a spiritual gift to them so that they may be established. That word there, established, literally means to fix or to strengthen. It's almost like um, bolting something to the ground so that it can be firm and not be moved. And so Paul is aware that spiritual gifts are something that establishes us in our relationship with the Lord, in our ability to minister and to give life to other people. I'm reminded of the words that Paul speaks to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. He says, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. So in a very real sense, Paul believes, and I believe as well, that when we pray for each other and we lay hands on each other and believe God to impart spiritual gifts into our lives, that it actually happens. And receiving spiritual gifts is a blessing of the Lord. It, Like I said before, it empowers us to minister. It empowers us to be effective in giving the life of the Lord to other people in very practical ways. And so receiving gifts from the Lord, spiritual gifts specifically, is very much an important part of the Christian life. And Paul says that he longs to be with this church so that he can pray for them and impart spiritual gifts to them. And it will establish them in their faith in a deeper measure. So Paul always has the heart in his ministry for the benefit of others. And I love what he says here in verse 12. 
He says, that is, that I may also be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. I love this little window into Paul's heart because what it says to me is that Paul does not perceive himself as being over people or being better than people as a minister. No, he sees it as a very much mutual friendship relationship, a reciprocity of being encouraged one by another. You know, one of the most beautiful things about our ministry and the opportunity we have to go to places, Stephanie and I travel, and we get the opportunity to minister in lots of different settings. And I think one of the most encouraging things that happens when we're out and doing the work of the Lord together is the encouragement that we receive from other people. And we pour out a lot, but man, when you're around people and you're with believers in different settings and different places, you come out of those situations so built up and so encouraged by the other's faith to be around other people who are all in for God, who are really pursuing God in their faith walk with him and really trusting God for growth in their personal life. It's a very deep mutual encouragement that takes place. And I love that this is the heart of Paul. And it always inspires me that when we minister, that we would be able to be encouraged one another by each other's faith. And that's just another little window into Paul's heart in regards to ministry and being with people and how he perceives the process. He goes on to say in verse 13 that he didn't want them to be unaware, but that he'd, he'd actually tried to make plans to come to them before and that he had been prevented. We don't know exactly what prevented him. We know that Paul encountered many challenges in ministry and perhaps along the way he had set his heart to get to Rome already. And for some reason he was prevented from doing that. But he says that he wants to go so that he can obtain some fruit among them just as he had as among all the Gentiles. And again, this is just Paul's heart and ministry. He sees that the work that he does in the ministry is fruit for him. He sees it as a blessing that he can be with people and invest in them, establish them in the gospel, in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And for Paul, that is fruit. And so he says, I want to be among you so that I can have some fruit from you as well. And he says, I'm under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians. Again, a reference to his apostleship. He is called to the Gentiles. He was not called to his own countrymen, the Jews, even though he did to a certain degree minister to the Jews in the first part of his ministry. But there was a critical point where he turned exclusively to the Gentiles because he knew that that was God's calling on his life was to establish the gospel in the Gentile world. And he was faithful to do that throughout his ministry. And he says in verse 15, for my part, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Now, we're going to talk in more detail about the gospel in the next episode because Paul defines the gospel in verse 16 and 17. It's really kind of the thematic verses of the book of Romans in many regards. But he says there that he's eager to preach the gospel to you also. This says something very interesting about Paul's understanding of the gospel. I think in a very modern sense, a lot of us feel that preaching the gospel is maybe just experiencing 
expounding on the simple foundational truths that God loves the world. He sent his son to die for the sins of the world so that through faith people can receive the gift of forgiveness and come into relationship with God. And that's the gospel. Well, if that's the extent of the gospel, then Paul would not go to Rome to a church of people who already have heard the gospel and already have had faith in the Lord and his work for them from a salvation standpoint. He wouldn't go and preach the gospel again. You know, that's a reflection of a lack of understanding of the depth of the gospel. And this happens a lot of time in contemporary churches. Churches are filled with people that already have a relationship with the Lord, and we just simply preach the fundamental gospel to them again over and over and that's not very fruitful because they've already come into the relationship with God so they don't need the foundational gospel preached to them again they need the fullness of the gospel preached to them and this is something that we're going to talk about as we move through this book because it really is all about the fullness of the good news of God. So Paul knows that preaching the gospel is not something that you do one time and then it's enough. The gospel contains so much of the counsel and purpose and wisdom of God. It's everything pertaining to the good news of God for us. And that's why Paul is eager to preach the gospel. He's eager to get among these believers and to establish them deeper in the good news of God. And we're going to discover as we move through this book, all the different components of the gospel, all the different facets of all the good news of God. So this is a truth that will really help us as we move forward and we understand that the gospel is more than just a one-dimensional foundational expression of the work of God through the cross. It's really the whole counsel of God and his kingdom and everything that he's done for man. So this is Paul's understanding of the gospel. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.